Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tennis Fanalist Podcast. And after a thrilling quarter-final stage at the US Open, I'm back alongside Michael Gillett. I'm Marcus Ali. He's Michael Gillett. And uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Uh, it feels like tennis never even went uh, through the suspension because we've had some some brilliant tennis this weekend. Certainly since we did the last podcast two days ago, we've had some brilliant matches, so looking forward to talking about them. All right, wicked. Let's get into the rest of the pod then. So to begin with, we're going to evaluate what we thought of the quarterfinal round in the men's draw. So just first up, I'm just going to go from the top to bottom. I'm going to start with the five-setter, which was Pablo Carreno Busta beating Denis Shapovalov in five sets. A bit of a surprise, even though yours truly did kind of call it in the last episode. Um, yeah, Carreno Busta reaching his second US Open semi-final, coming back um, after losing the fourth set, six love, uh, with Shapovalov levelling proceedings going into the last set. Carreno Busta managed to hold his nerve and win 6-3. Were you, were you disappointed in the young Canadian in this one, Michael? Uh, yeah, I was a little bit. I think uh, he, he said in his uh, interview after the match that, I can't remember the exact quotation, but it's something like he was surprised that Pablo Carreno Busta had so much energy in the fifth. And I think that's a very naive thing of Shapovalov to say, really, because I think we were, especially a player like Pablo Carreno Busta, who, I would draw similarities to him and his compatriot, uh, Bautista Agut. They're both very sort of stubborn players who will just keep playing to the end no matter what. And I, th- I think maybe there was a bit of um, complacency because Shapovalov won the, the fourth set, six love. And I think may- perhaps he just became a little bit complacent after that uh, and felt that he had got his hands on his first ever Sam semi-final. But... Um, yeah, I think in fairness to Corona Bister, I think there's def- there's a little bit of an argument that he, he has had a couple of fortunate draws at the US. That that semi-final he made back in, I think it was 2017, uh, he played a qualifier in his first four matches of the US Open. I saw yesterday he played a qualifier in his first four rounds. Um, obviously got and maybe a little bit fortunate the other day uh, with with Djokovic. Obviously, we've spoken about what happened, but I think you know that argument now uh, when he's got to grind through a fifth setter against a, a five setter against a tough player like Shapovalov. I think he he's really earned his place in the semi after that, and and a great performance all round from him. Yeah, I completely agree, and um, it definitely is very naive for for Shapovalov to say that, given that. Yeah, Karina Busta only played 11 games in the match against Djokovic in the fourth round heading into this uh, quarterfinal tie. I just wanted to ask you overall, um, it might be classed as a little bit of a breakthrough tournament for Denis Shapovalov. Um, obviously disappointed not to make the last four, but um, the quarterfinal stage either equals or is his first one in Grand Slam tennis. Um, so overall, I'd just say, how would you rate his, his tournament out of 10, given his run? Um, I'd rate it well. It's the best slam I think we've probably ever seen from him. He's not really someone that has had a deep run into the slam. I haven't, uh, I can't think off the top of my head what his best performance was at a Grand Slam. But was this his first quarter final? 
at a slam. I, I think it was, yeah. Um, if not, he, he may he may have squeezed into one, but I think this was his first one. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say maybe I'd rate it a seven or an eight. Um, I think it's clear; it's always been clear that Shapovalov's got the talent, but. The problem is now is we're talking, especially at this tournament, when you haven't got the big three. Obviously, we did have Djokovic uh, for for most of it, or half of it. But um, I think it weighs you up to the fact that there are now so many players that we, we keep saying, you know, they've got the potential to do it. Um, but they, they can't all do it. Obviously, you know, there's Zverev, um, Team Medvedev are all going really well at the moment. You've got the likes of Borna Chorich, who did really well this week, uh, obviously Sitsipas. Um, and there's a host of them. There's a whole list you can just keep reading down of players in the same sort of Felix Auger and Yassim, in the, the same sort of bracket as Shapovalov. But they're, they're not all going to make it and have the quality. And I think maybe Shapovalov, he's, he is a good player, but I, I do think he's got to start showing a little bit more for me uh, over the next sort of year or two for me to be really convinced that he can go on and and challenge at the the top of the sport. Yeah, I think there's definitely a way to go in in the mental side of the game for Denis Shapovalov. Um, but yeah, the the, uh, the foundations are definitely there for someone that will continue to challenge for slams. I can confirm that was his first quarterfinal. He'd never got past the third round of a Grand Slam before this tournament. So yeah, definitely more positives than negatives to take from this performance. Um, looking down the draw in the second quarterfinal was a surprise comeback win, really, given the first set and the, uh, the nature of which Sasaverev lost it. 6-1, he lost the first set to Borna Church before recovering and um, taking, taking the match via four sets. Um, it was a convincing performance in the end, don't you think? Um. Yeah, I would say I didn't watch this one live, but I did see some of the highlights, and I do think, from what I saw on the highlights, it didn't look like Zverev was at his best. Uh, he, I mean, he, he got really pushed hard in the second set, won it seven five, and you know if that tiebreak had gone the other way, he could easily be out of this tournament. Um, I think Zverev's definitely got the most pressure on him at the moment. Obviously, we'll talk about the other quarterfinals uh, as we go on, but Zverev will be fancied quite highly against Kranobuster, whereas Medvedev team, which obviously, as I say, we'll go on to it, that's a, a much sort of closer fourth semi-final, I think. So I think Zverev will feel that he's got to um, really get through this half of the draw now, especially after uh, Djokovic and Tsitsipas both left this half. Um, so I don't know. I'm not 100% convinced by the performance. I think uh, from what I did see, he, he wasn't quite looking the best I've seen him play. But, you know, Corridge is a tricky t- customer, um, as I think Corello Buster will be. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it will do as well some good to get through some hard fought matches rather than some easy straight sets ones where he doesn't really get challenged maybe it's a, a good thing that he he can have to work work from being down against someone like a born charge yeah he definitely had, had to grind it out but i think that's uh that's sort of verified by the quality of born charge it's good to see him back competing uh in the last stages of the tournament such that we haven't seen as much as we first became accustomed to in, in the last couple of years, maybe. Obviously, they're both 23, so 
definitely a rivalry that we could see develop over the years to come. Zverev getting the win, even though he did have a 3-1 head-to-head record going against him, against the Croatian, going into the match. So, yeah, I think overall, um, Zverev has passed that test uh, pretty comfortably. So the next one was, I don't want to say anti-climax, but we thought this one really had the potential to go all the way. And it was... A really exciting game. Um, I think the scoreline has flattered Daniil Medvedev here with his straight straight sets victory over compatriot Andrei Rublev. Um, It was quite tight. Uh, Medvedev managed to grind it out in the end with the grit and determination that Paul Dragunari we had on last last episode spoke of. Um, How would you rate his performance? Yeah, I would say, like you say, the scoreline maybe flatters him a bit, but I wouldn't say that um, is to do with Medvedev not playing well. I think it. I thought Medvedev and Rublev were both fantastic. I, I really enjoyed this match. As you say, I think it was a bit of a shame it didn't go on longer and a bit deeper because I think we would have liked that. But I think, bar the second set, um, it was a fantastic match. They were both playing some lightning stuff. And I was saying to you yesterday when we were chatting, um, I think it was really unlucky for Rublev that he got drawn up against Medvedev in this draw because I really feel like if Rublev had come out and played like that yesterday against some of the other guys that have been in the quarterfinals, I think he would have been winning really easily. Um, Medvedev, as I say, I said on the last pod, is who I'm backing to win it now and I don't think yesterday's performance has changed my mind in any way I thought Medvedev was brilliant um, didn't drop serve I don't, I don't even think he break, he faced a break point throughout that whole match um, was training 5-1 in the first set tie break uh, and had to save three set points um, the only disappointing bit in the match I would say was just after Medvedev did win that tie break Rublev did fall apart a little bit. He had a bit of a meltdown. We saw sort of the racket thrown even through his banana, I think, which I'm not used to seeing tennis players do. But um, yeah, I think that was a shame, and I think he lost his head a bit in the, the second set. But fair play to Rublev because he did he did give Medvedev a really good third set, uh, which obviously went to a tie break, which Medvedev won. Very closely, but um, yeah, I, I think it was really impressive from Medvedev, and I think it's the exact—I think it's the perfect quarterfinal. To be honest, it's—you've not been out on court excessively long, but you've been given a really good test. You haven't just have to go out and breeze through an opponent on the other side. So I think Medvedev will be going back very happy after that win. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that assessment—he definitely couldn't afford to drop his level in that match, or Rublev would have pounced, despite not being able to force a break point opportunity in the whole match. You know, Rublev led that first set tie break 5-1. I'm not sure if you mentioned. Um, and then obviously lost the second set 6-3 and then the last one on a tie break. But watching that last set in particular, it did feel like um, Rublev was causing a lot more pressure on the Medvedev serve than to what was happening on the other way around. I suppose a bit of game stake might have, might have come into it there with sort of desperation to get back into the match. But... You know, um, kudos to Rublev. You know, it was a good performance despite the straight sets defeat, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more from him. Another, another couple of young players that, that we're talking about once again. Um, moving on to the next, uh, the next quarter final, and it was a younger player against the second oldest player in the draw, which seems weird to say in, in Dominic Team, the 27 year old, and he was really able to breeze past Alex Dimonor of Australia. Three comfortable sets, really, and uh, if you said that. 
Medvedev's was the was the perfect quarterfinal because he got a little bit tested. I'm not sure the same can be said about Dominic Team versus Alex Demon. Or we did say that we thought it could be a bit one sided, and it did prove to be the case. Yeah, I think um, Dimonor did. Um, I, I think he he broke Team serve once or twice in the match. I, I was looking at it this morning because I, I didn't see this one because it was on at stupid o'clock. But um, I think, yeah, I, I think from what it would look like from when I went through to the point by point, it, it did look like Dimonor gave him some tricky moments in sets but um, yeah at the end of the day a very one-sided game and I think actually I say that was a perfect quarter for Medvedev I would maybe say this is the perfect quarter for team because I think the problem we've seen with team in the last few years is he does struggle to get over the line a little bit maybe makes things a little bit harder for himself than they should be I watched his match against Chilich and I thought that was definitely the case he won and I, albeit I know Chilich is obviously a former champion here but um you know, he won the first two sets, team was looking very comfortable, then dropped his level a little bit in the third set. And I, th- I think, in a way, it probably is better for team that he's got through this quarterfinal nice and comfortably because I do think he, he does have a problem doing that at times uh, when you compare him to the sort of, uh, if you look at the draws of sort of Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, when they go through slams, they can quite often just breeze through straight sets. Um, not all the time but uh, yeah team I think will be very happy that he's got through that one easily and I think a team Medvedev uh, semi-final is going to be really exciting I'm very excited about that same yeah it is a a real mouth-watering prospect those two locking horns in the semi-final might I mean it it feels like whoever wins that will obviously be favourite for the title um, so just looking ahead, we're hoping to squeeze one more pod in before the finals after these uh, semi-finals take place. But what are your predictions for for the two games? Okay, uh, I think we're going to see two tight matches. Uh, I think for Zverev, I have to put Zverev through. Uh, I've got the head-to-head tip. Zverev, Corona, Buster have only played once, uh, but Zverev won that quite. Uh, well, seven six six two in Miami, twenty eighteen. So, um, I do think Krenovic will make it tricky for him, though. I think Zverev will win in four, maybe five. I wouldn't be surprised if Krenovic takes him a distance, but I do. I, I, the thought of Krenovic in a Grand Slam final just feels too weird to me. I don't know if it's going to happen at any Slam. It's going to be this one because this is the weird Grand Slam. But, um, yeah, I've, I've got to go with Zverev for that one. I think he's just got too much. Uh, but, uh, as I say, I don't think it will be straight. So, I do think Kronobus will make it tricky for him. Team Medvedev, obviously, I've got to back Medvedev because he's who I'm sort of backing for the tournament. Team's got a 2-1 head-to-head. Uh, but Medvedev did win their last meeting at the Rogers Cup last year, and that was 6-3, uh, 6-1. So, um that was quite one-sided. It's their first meeting at a Grand Slam, which I guess probably doesn't surprise because they're always sort of in the different halves of the draw facing the, the big three. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go Medvedev in... Yeah, I might put my neck on the line. I might go Medvedev in three. 
It's a big call. That's bold. It's a very bold call, and I'm fully aware that it might not come off. But uh, I've been very impressed with Medvedev, as with team. But uh, I, I do think Medvedev, especially on these courts as well, uh, and considering took Nadal to five sets in the final last year, he, he really likes this tournament, I think. And uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, Medvedev in three. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. Yeah, he does um, seem like the more reliable punt, maybe the more sort of consistent player in Medvedev. But having said team before the tournament, I'm going to have to stick with him. Um, he's definitely got it in his locker. He's got to two Grand Slam finals before Medvedev only got to the one. Oh, three, sorry, actually, Dominic team has got to a Grand Slam final. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to say there is... Uh, my head is sort of trying to tell me Medvedev, but I'm going to have to stick with team. And um, yeah, I'll go with a five-set epic in that one. And then as for the second semi-final, I kind of agree with you, to be honest. I feel like Zverev, I could see him sort of getting a two-set lead and then stuttering a bit towards the finish line. I could see the nerve getting to him. So definitely four or five sets to me. I'll maybe go maybe go for four for Sasha Zverev. But yeah, there'll definitely be a palpable fight coming coming from the Spaniard Pablo Carreno Buster in that one, having um, come so close to getting to the final, of course, in 2017, like you said. So those are our picks for the semi-finals of the men's US Open. Moving on to the women's side now, and just going to run you through the four quarter-finals. Um, let's start with one that I watched yesterday, and it was Absolute epic, really. I mean, it really brought the best out of Serena Williams, I thought, definitely. And that was her match against Svetlana Peronkova, losing the first set and then coming from behind. I know you saw a little bit of it, Michael. What, what did you? How did you rate her victory? Yeah, um, I think it was very sort of Andy Murray, Novak Djokovic-esque in the way that I think it was clear that Serena wasn't at the very top of her game, lost the first set, but just grinded it out and found a way to win because Peronkova, Peronkova was fantastic. She was playing some fantastic backhands. I watched, I think, I think I watched the whole of this match. I may have missed the very beginning, but um, yeah, I, I was very impressed with Peronkova. But um, yeah, I think Williams just kind of showed very much how we're used to with these these big names in tennis. Just showed that they just have too much in their locker. I think who are the best players are decided by who can win when they're not at the top of the game. If if you can win at the top of your game, that's great, but you've got to be able to win when you're not on top of your game because you can't, you're not going to be on top of your game the whole time. And I think, uh, I, I think Serena, I'm not saying she played badly, she did play well, but I think definitely in that sort of first set and, the second a little bit, she was hitting some funny shots, going a little bit too wild on some shots. Um, but yeah, good win for her. And um, she struggled in recent years in the late rounds of slams, lost her last four slam finals. Um, but I think she, well, it's a very tough, very tough last four. So again, she could be right up against it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think sometimes... As a viewer, I actually enjoy watching uh, some of the best players play when they're not playing at the top of their game. Sounds weird, but I feel like sometimes when you can see that grit and desire, which was so 
so clear to watch and just yeah she was so desperate to win that match and uh, especially especially in that last set it was just so clear to see how much it meant to her and how I mean she was just getting every last drop of uh of physicality and, and strength putting in putting into that match and yeah it was thoroughly deserved to get over the line I mean a little shout out for Svetlana Peronkova we definitely look forward to seeing what's going to come from her in the recent months after having so long out before the US Open. I think it was three years you mentioned in the last episode. So, yeah, it was a, a very good match. And, um, yeah, thoroughly deserved by um win for Serena. And she's taking on Victoria Azarenka in the semi-final, who got another impressive straight sets win over Elise Mertens. I mean, she seems to have come back out of nowhere and is uh, is rolling back the years. Yeah, um, Azarenka, Serena Williams in the US Open semi uh, kind of feels like it's a, a match sort of bought over from quite a few years ago. They they played 22 times um, and played, I think it was they played in grandstand matches for about six or seven consistent years uh, back in, I think it ran from about 2010 to 2016 or something. But um yeah, they, they they played a lot of matches. Serena Williams, however, boasts an 18-4 record over Azarenka. So it's a pretty grim record for uh, the Belarusian. But um, I think, you know, they, they've played uh, in two Grand Slam finals, which were both at the US Open. Uh, and even though Williams won them both, Azarenka uh, won the second set and both of them gave her a really tight match. And I think Azarenka is definitely playing the better tennis. I think there's you, I don't think that can be denied. She six one six love against Elise Mertens, who had just put out uh, the Australian Open champion. I think, and obviously Azarenka uh, won Western and Southern last week. Looked brilliant at that. I, the the eighteen four head to head record in favour of Williams is kind of wants to sway you towards Williams, but Azarenka, I just she's just playing so much better stuff at the moment. I think. Yeah, it was a very, very eye-catching performance, as have been hers ever since the return, obviously winning the Western and Southern Open after Naomi Osaka pulled out of the final. Moving on to the Japanese player, and uh, she managed to get past Shelby Rogers. I think she's um, below 90 in the world, so did very well to get to the quarterfinals. But also, very surprisingly, we we were surprised to find out that she had a 3 to nothing head-to-head record against Osaka before this match. Um, do you make Naomi Osaka the favourite for this year's US Open? Um, huh. I don't know, because we'll come on to Jennifer Brady in a sec. But uh, of the four women left in the tournament, Jennifer Brady is the only one who hasn't dropped a set. Azarenka's dropped one set, Osaka two and Williams three. So... Um, I don't know. Maybe that would make me want to say Brady, but then she is definitely the the smallest name out of those four. Uh, she was in her first ever Grand Slam quarterfinal, let alone semi, and let alone winning it. So, is Osaka favourite? I mean, she is probably favourite in terms of if you're looking at the bookies' favourite and generally what people are saying. Do I make her favourite? I, I don't know. I think any four of those women can win it. I don't want to run away from giving an answer, but I've already gone for Medvedev in three today. 
so I'm going to say that's going to earn me a free pass. I'm going to pass. All right, fair enough. Yeah, um, she is favourite with the bookies, uh, with Serena Williams as third favourite, which I'm considering a punt on right now. Um, so, yeah, just the last quarterfinal was Jennifer Brady beating Putin Saver in straight sets. It was the first quarterfinal. She was the first woman into the last four. Um, so, yeah, obviously, as you've just mentioned, her taking on Naomi Osaka, but having not dropped a set, she will be underdog, but having not dropped a set throughout the tournament. So now it's going to come to a time when I'm going to ask you for your predictions of the semi-finals. Brady, yeah, looking like the wild card in the pack. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Azarenka in three to beat Serena Williams. And I'm gonna go. I'll go Osaka in free. Azarenka and Osaka in free. Okay, uh, quite bullish. I'm gonna go Serena in three. Another. She's gonna come back roaring like a lioness, like she did against Boronkova, and uh, take out Azarenka. But yeah, I think that'll be a grueling match. And yeah, I'm gonna have to go Osaka. I mean, she hasn't really lost the game if you don't count the Western Southern Open final where she pulled out. Um, and yeah, just had been looking quite comfortable. So yeah, Osaka-Williams final. Osaka in, I'll say Osaka in two and uh, Williams in three. And if you want to watch those ones, guys, they're at midnight and half one in the morning. So <laughs> I don't know if they're doing that with the men's semis, but um, yeah, it's going to be a late one for those of you wanting to watch that. And I might, I might catch the the first one at midnight, but I think it might have to be a highlights job. We might have me. some foreign listeners. Don't rule that out. True, true. Uh, to our American audience, uh, enjoy having your matches on. At a suitable time. And okay, so for the last section, uh, it's been handed over to me. I'm doing a guess the player for Marcus. So, uh, first clue, very vague as always. I am currently ranked just one place below my career high. Oh my God. (laughs) Rafael Nadal. Say again? Rafael Nadal. (laughs) I like that. That's a good. That, that's that's a very good guess. Um, but no. Number two, I have one ATP Tour title. I think Nadal's got a few more than that. I have one really? ATP Tour title, which came on clay. So one title right. on clay. One clay Tour title. Right. Um, Mia Mia Kecmanovic. Not correct. Uh, clue number three okay so last week I was seeded at the US Open but I lost my first round match to a player ranked 48 places lower than me (laughs) it's a bit of thinking to do there is it Diego Schwartzman it's not and when I wrote this clue I thought I thought you were going to guess Diego Schwartzman Um, no yeah no Good guess. Um, Schwartzman maybe has a more than one title on clay, but I don't know. Um, don't know that for certain. 
Right, clue number four. I have played in a Davis Cup final in 2013 where I lost both matches to Burditch and Stefanek. Okay. Right. I think it's in Argentine. Uh, I'm going to go for Guido Payer. Okay, I like your thinking. Uh, Argentina have done well in the Davis Cup in sort of the last handful of years, but uh, it's not Argentina. Uh, So number five relates to number four, and I'm sure you'll get it on this one. In this Davis Cup final, Novak Djokovic was my teammate. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, he lost to someone quite poor, this person I'm thinking of. And he's lost today to Hampfman in Kitzbühel. Is it Dusan Lajevic? Correct. It is Dusan Lajevic. I'm just going to check who it was who beat him in the US Open. Uh, it was, oh yes, Gerasimov. And then, yeah, lost today in Kitzbühel to Hampfman. Or, yeah, today. Hampfman's yeah, having that, a good that, tournament, though. Yeah, there's your um, player of... No, I was about to say player of the year. What? Duzan Lajevic. <laughs> um, there is your guest, the player for this week. That was Duzan Lajevic. Marcus getting it on clue number five. All right, that's been your quick US Open update. I hope you're looking forward to the games and you've been enjoying the tournament so far. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll be back soon. Cheers, Michael. Anything to say? Uh, no, just enjoy the tennis. I think we, looking at the uh, the matches coming up, I think we could have some absolute crackers. I think all four semi-finals have the potential to be brilliant.